Hello and welcome to Table Topics, the general advice and discussion podcast from the RPG Academy. I am Michael, and this is Table Topics episode number 65, Michael Interviews Chris Matney. In this episode, I interview Chris Matney. If you don't know, Chris is the managing director and visionary behind Trapdoor Technologies, which uh, is creating or was creating a digital set of tools that was supposed to coincide with D&D 5th edition. However, the partnership between Trapdoor Technologies and Wizards of the Coast recently was severed, and now they are looking at uh, keeping the program alive, but maybe opening it up to some other possibilities or other publishers. I've had the opportunity to speak with Chris a couple different times. I am a fan of what they are doing, and I think that the, their app has huge potential to affect how people roleplay. It's not a virtual tabletop, it's not designed to be, but it does do some very cool things. So hopefully you will check out this uh, interview that I do with Chris and talk about Codename Morningstar, which was then Dungeonscape and is now back to Codename Morningstar. So here is Table Topics episode number 65, Michael interviews Chris Matney. This is Michael, and I have brought along with me today a special guest, Chris Matney, the Managing Director of Trapdoor Technologies and uh, sort of the, the visionary behind Codename Morningstar that then became Dungeonscape and is now back to Codename Morningstar. And to be honest, I actually like Codename Morningstar better anyways. I think that's a better name. <laughs> so Chris, um, you and I have had the pleasure of talking once before, but my audience may not be familiar. If you don't mind, kind of introduce yourself a little bit and who you are and what you do. Yeah, like like you said, I'm Chris Matney. I'm the managing director at Trapdoor Technologies. Uh, we have uh, clients outside of gaming, so I, I sort of run the uh, the show here. But as far as the the gaming side of things, uh, not only am I the product owner for Codename Morningstar, but I'm also uh, the subject matter expert. I've been uh, playing role playing games for 37 years, and uh, it's much very much a lifestyle for me. And so when I saw an opportunity to blend our technology along with my passion for gaming, it seemed like a, a too good of an opportunity to turn down. So that's, uh, that's what I do at, uh, at Trapdoor. So for those, again, somewhat not in the know, um, originally Codename Morningstar was sort of soft launched um, at Origins. I had an opportunity to play through a game um, using it as a character generator. And uh, I wrote a review about that. That's on the website if people want to check it out. I really liked it. I thought it was slick. I thought it did what it was supposed to do. But I know there was some potential for it to do more. And then I had the pleasure of also talking to you at Gen Con when it had started to evolve. And it was much more than, at least in theory, a lot more than just a character generator. And uh, unfortunately, recently, the partnership between Trapdoor Technologies and Wizards of the Coast sort of split. And, you know, I'm an outside observer. You might be able to shed some light on the situation, but I don't think it had anything to do with the quality of what you guys were producing. I know the the web beta wasn't as tight as maybe we would have liked it, but I kept, I was on the forums going, but but I tried it on the iPad. It's awesome on the iPad. So I, I was <laughs> shouting the praises. Um, so I don't think it had anything to do with, uh, with quantity, excuse me, quality. I feel like it probably was just a difference in vision. Uh, having talked to you at Gen Con, I got the sense that what you saw this app doing was probably different than what Wizards of the Coast saw it doing. Can you elaborate on that? Yeah, I, I, those are all very observant points. Uh, I think you saw us at uh, at Origins, so you knew where the, the product was at that point. 
and uh, we are a mobile development company, and iOS is our lead platform for the uh, for the product. So that was always the the product that was furthest out front. Um, the, the the product was never meant to be a character generator, and uh, character generation is just one of many things that that we envision for Morningstar. And so I think that the idea is really as a long-term, a long-time game master, as someone who's been running adventures for, for decades and, and building uh, adventures for decades, uh, what I'm looking to do is uh, create the application that allows me to have creative reign to very quickly create content, to prep for game night, uh, and to run an adventure, track monsters, uh, send secret messages to my my players, share maps, share notes, uh, and have my characters, uh, my players roll up their characters quickly and efficiently and be able to to manage those. And for people who are sort of new to the game, uh, they can take a very quick uh, path to getting their character generated and they can they can learn as they go. They don't have to be faced with a thousand pages of rules right off the bat. And for those who are experienced, who really like all the nitty gritty details of, of every uh, potential modification, uh, those are there as well for 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 uh, players to enjoy, but also then a, a game night for the players, just the ability to have a logbook to, uh, that's there to easily get get information, share information with other players, to uh, show show folks what you've built. Um, there's a lot of potential for um, for both the the game master and for for the players, and then for the content creators, for those of us who spend uh, hundreds of hours uh, a year building our own uh, adventures, our own campaigns, putting that all together. The, the the real beauty of the system was to be able to pull all those notes together, uh, cross-reference them, and, and make it so that uh, I don't spend a lot of time putting monster stat blocks into adventures, but I get to spend my time being creative and coming up with clever ways to kill my kill my players and <laughs> have them enjoy it in the process. Um, so we always envisioned Morningstar as a very broad uh, uh, product, and we knew when we signed with with Wizards of the Coast that that was going to limit what the product could do. Uh, I mean, Wizards has their own IP; they have an uh, Forgotten Realms. Uh, they have an obviously. Uh, the products they put out are super high quality. The people are great. Um, and it's a brand that has a good recognition and a, a solid following. So we knew that when we, we when we signed up with Wizards that they weren't going to allow us to embrace the community as widely as we were wanting to do. Um, but that was a price that we were willing to pay to uh, to get in with a, a set of rules that looked solid and to get in with a company that had a good track record. In the end, that that proved to be you know too large of a uh, of a uh, uh, obstacle to 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 get get past. Um, the The quality of the product wasn't the issue. You saw the product uh, back in um, back in June, which is very early. Now, obviously, we made huge progress between June and August, uh, and we had made more progress uh, through the rest of the the fall. Um, I think. We probably err as a company on the side of communicating too much. Uh, we, we let people into early alphas. We let people into technical betas. We let people into betas. And the whole reason we do that is we need the feedback. We need to make sure that what we're building, uh, just because it's what I've always wanted to build, is not necessarily what everybody else wants. And so 
the feedback loop was incredibly important. We got uh, uh, several features which we wouldn't have normally put in the product, which became critical and became you know a key part of the uh, of the offering. So that that loop was really really important. The, the downside of that is you sometimes put the product out too early and people say, hey, this isn't ready to go. Well, you're right. It's not ready to go. That's why it's called an alpha. That's why it's called a technical sure. beta. Um, but we really needed to understand uh, where people's heads were with, with what we were trying to accomplish. And uh, I think that um, for the, 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 the great majority of our, our fans that, you know, we had 20,000 people looking at the product. Um, that was a very positive experience. We're not really here to commiserate about the past. We want to talk about the future. Uh, from my understanding, uh, the project was basically you had gotten private investors, so Watsi was not footing the bill. Uh, so the development has continued, but now you're you're free to pursue other opportunities and, and maybe to bring the vision of Codename Morningstar completely to fruition. So now that you are outside of that partnership, how is it going to change or what are we looking at? Again, I know this is a part where you may not be able to answer in a lot of detail, but there were some cryptic messages um, on your website as if we were starting an adventure together, which I thought was very cool. Um, so if, there, if you can elaborate any on that or talk about some of the future potential, I would love to hear it. Sure. Yeah, the uh, the website is is, is, is interesting. Um, the, uh, the, I guess the, the, the Watsi uh, announcement was, you know, a shock to us, a surprise to us. And uh, we, and knocked us down. We stood up, dusted ourselves off. Uh, I talked to both our investors and uh, to the team, and we talked about where we were and what we had left to do. And uh, there was never any discussion from anyone of not moving forward, which is very cool. It says a lot about the team that I've put together. Um, it all, also says a lot about uh, the, uh, the uh, support that we have from the investment uh, team as well that they believe in the technology, they believe in the application of the technology, um, the fact that we were able to build a, a good-sized community, and uh, all of that was was very positive. So there's really no uh, thought about turning around and going back. Um, we're just moving forward, and, and I, I, this is my fourth startup, so I'm a very forward-looking guy. I spend uh, very, very little of my time ever uh, worrying about what's happened in the past since that's not something that I can change and it doesn't usually help me with uh, with where I need to go. Um, one of the things though that, that you've, you you alluded to is that the website and one thing that you know in 25 years in IT uh, I never got to really have any fun. Uh, There's a lot of bullet points and PowerPoint presentations and a lot of technical uh, uh, specifications but uh, having fun wasn't really part of the part of the MO. And so one of the things we wanted to do with the website was just lighten it up and have some fun and start an adventure and tell a story and hopefully engage uh, some readers. I'm sure that uh, some folks took it the wrong way and decided, hey, you know, we really want to know just the facts and bullet point A, B, and C, and, and that's coming. But um, in the interim, we wanted to have a little bit of fun with everybody. So I hope that uh, um, you know, my, my, my exact comment was lighten up Francis. We're going to have some fun. And I, I hope people took that the, in, in, in the spirit that it was intended. Can't speak to everyone, but I thought it was very cool. And again, it made me want to go back and read more and it, again, put my player hat on and try to figure out what mystery my DM is laying out. And are there clues in what was said or what was not said? 
there's always a clue in my in my campaign. That's for sure. Um, I am one who loves the intricacies of uh, having my players say two months after I've given them a clue. Oh, I figured it out. Finally, we know what this means, and going from there. So, yeah, there are some clues, uh, and and some of it's obviously not so subtle. But it was it was just um, you know a way to engage the community in, in a manner that's a little more uh, entertaining than than a PowerPoint presentation. Um, so I think that that that's again. I hope that's being taken the the right way by the community. We are though moving forward. Um, the the product now uh, has there's two things we want to do. Uh, one is we want we obviously we need to take the fifth edition rule set uh, out of the uh, out of the engine so that we can have a have a different rule set that will that we can use for uh, generating characters, for managing characters, even for, you know, putting in stat blocks for monsters and stuff. We have to have something in there. So we have, uh, we've been talking to uh, various publishers, seeing who's interested. There's no reason that we can't have Morningstar for uh, a number of different uh, gaming platforms if there's a number of people out there that are interested. Um, certainly have Morningstar for uh, for the, uh, the generic OGL PRD type uh, rules as well. Um, the rules really aren't the key part of the the story for me. Um, I've you know I, I've been running adventures like I said for 37 years. I started with a white box set. I've had one continuous uh, world for the last 37 years. Uh, it's called the Realm. And during those 37 years, I have built layer upon layer of intricate backgrounds of uh, noble houses and, and races and uh, all the geographic features and everything. And during that time, the storyline has always been very consistent, but the rule set has changed. Uh, you know, I played AD&D, uh, skipped second edition, played some homebrew stuff, did three, three, five, loved that, hated fourth edition, moved over to Pathfinder, um, pulled in some Savage Worlds to deal with uh, some uh, game gamers who were a little uh, more casual and didn't want the depth of play of... Uh, of Pathfinder. So I, I've even done some uh, Call of Cthulhu uh, in my my world. So for me, the rules are uh, not as important as the story. And having that that engaging world that keeps pulling my players back. Um, I have a campaign that's been running for 33 years now. And the reason it's still running after 33 years is people are interested in the story. They're interested in their characters. They're interested in the the challenge of the of the face to face game, they're not really particularly tied to a, a rule set, and so I think that for me, not having the fifth edition is too bad, but it's certainly not a uh, a game ender when it comes to the functionality we want. So I want to jump in there for a second because I know again I, I had the chance to to check it out twice, and I know not everyone that listens to this has had that, but the vast majority of what we got to see in the earlier iterations was the character builder. But having spoken to you at Gen Con, that seemed to be like the least important part of what you were trying to do with this. And I just wonder if maybe in some ways that's why the community is somewhat misunderstanding um, of what you want it to do versus what they have seen it do. Now, at Gen Con, there was a little bit of displayed about the, the campaign management aspects. Uh, the, the campaign, like they showed how you could pull in maps and you had your stat blocks and that kind of thing. But I think, at least in my understanding, the mass majority of the community that's been involved has seen the character generator. And now that 5th edition is out, you know, obviously there's other systems, Pathfinder, you mentioned Savage Worlds, which I'm a big fan of. Uh, and there's hundreds, if not, you know, hundreds of thousands of different subsystems. 
you know, what comes to mind is um, Hero Lab. They have different licenses. You can buy Hero Lab for Pathfinder, Hero Lab for Call of Cthulhu, Hero Lab for this, that, and the other. Is that kind of what you're foreseeing? Because again, it seems like the, the character builder is the least important part of what we're trying to do here. Yeah, I mean, for on the character side, yeah, that that's exactly what what we could do. Um, and I'm not even adverse to working with other character generator uh, software to 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 share sh- share data and share information if we can if we can get someone interested in doing that. Um, I think the so so go, kind of going back to to the the way that that I like to play uh, role playing games and sort of my experience. Um, the we have seven modules in the in the software uh, the module that you're talking about is the character module which allows you to uh, generate a character there there is sort of the standard uh, roll the dice and then we have a uh, a quick build for people who want to a- answer questions like you know what game of thrones character are you and you ask a- answer some questions and it drops into a character and then we have a uh, a keyword which just says you know i want to play third level sneaky thief and it will pop you into a character so that uh, perfect for the guy that shows up 10 minutes late to the game and doesn't have a character um, or someone who brings a friend who wants to play and uh, you need to fill a particular role so you know that's all great and you know all of that can be handled through the character module um, but the other pieces of the puzzle and we did have a number of people running adventures at Gen Con using the software. We had some uh, adventures that were pre-populated and, and people could use them. And it was a pretty interesting process watching a new GM run run the adventures in that a lot of times they'd say, well, I need to see this. And, oh, there's the slide out map. There it is. Or, oh, what's the stat block on this monster? I've slided out. But I really need to be able to uh, you know see what the monster can, uh, what spells they can cast. Oh, here's a list. Oh, there's the descriptions of the spells. So having all that information sort of cross-linked and referenceable from one pane within the uh, the adventure module um, was a huge bonus for a lot of folks who are running uh, running games. Uh, the other day I was uh, invited to guest DM with some people who had used the software back in the early alpha days, but I hadn't talked to them in months. And so I went down there and just took my iPad, and that was it. And they were used to seeing me haul, you know, boxes and bags and all sorts of things around. It's just like, nope, I've got my iPad. I've got everything I need to be able to run the adventure. And I could see that there was some some skeptical looks. And by the time the, the evening was over, uh, I'd had fun. I'd killed a couple characters. They'd had fun. Um, and we had played an adventure, and all I'd used was an iPad. And I sent the message and sent the maps, and they were just as happy as clams. So I think that. Um, once you've used it, once you've played with it, once you can see the power of of the information being in a in, in a, a manner presented in a manner that's very logical to the way most people play a role playing game, uh, it's a very cool experience. We also have the party module that allows uh, you to create a party, to do all the messaging around the party, um, and to to do some of your coordination of uh, off game uh, events. Uh, we have a campaign module that allows people to. Uh, to build a campaign at a higher level with that common information that's needed over and over again, not just uh, for a specific game night. Uh, we have a full, full-fledged library with all your reference, and uh, there's a couple of things that are that are new that are coming out. Obviously, we want to engage the community to publish adventures that they like, 
we're no longer required to have only content from Watsi in, in the library. So we can now open the gates. We can, we can invite other indie publishers. We can invite other large publishers and we can invite the community at large to, to submit uh, adventures that they like, campaigns that li they like, uh, have them rated, have them peer reviewed. And, uh, you know, I, I still am a firm believer, uh, having written, you know, several hundred uh, adventures myself, that the greatest adventures are still out on someone's shelf somewhere. And we really want to get those out into the mainstream so everybody can enjoy them. Um, so there, there's that. And then finally, there's the, the forge piece of the puzzle, which is, um, the ability, that's the module that allows you to actually, uh, take monster stats, drop them quickly into an adventure, create the adventure text, the maps, and put them all together for campaigns and then publish them out to the library. So all of that is, is available. Um, I, I think one of the things we were discussing earlier was, you know, what are we trying to do with moving forward? What tasks do we have left? And one of them is, you know, we have to pull the fifth edition rules out, but the other piece is we have to uh, broaden the, the the scope for the forge and for the library to include the fact that we want to engage the community and not just have it be pre-published content that uh, gets put into the application. Yeah, there were some uh, interesting tweets that came out from your Twitter account where you were basically sort of gathering some minds of the the RPG community, the Angry DM, uh, David Floor, Sly Floor, some others, and kind of sort of asking them in public about uh, the possibility of getting them together for some sort of secret cabal meeting, uh, which, again, I don't <laughs> know if it was intentional or not, but it, it obviously raises some interest in what's going on. Yeah. I'm not sure secret cabal is the right word, but yeah, we'll go with it. Um, I think that that, that it's, it's a, it's a good point. I, I, like I said, I think that there's a lot of brain power out there that's not being tapped. There's a lot of people who are very passionate about the hobby who spend hundreds or, or more hours a year, um, who have decades of experience and they've never really had an outlet before. And, and we want to provide that outlet. Uh, I mean, before we got into the, the gaming, a world we, we we were doing a traditional publishing, we were doing interactive publishing, we were doing ebook publishing, um, and so that that's an area that we play really well in. That's an area that we understand, and I think that what we're trying to do is is not really you know going back to the the character generator. You know, most of the character generators, and I've used them all as well, are uh, very efficient on what they do, but they're really not very good at, at allowing me to create content. Um, they are certainly not a mobile style device. I mean, we had the little luxury of building from a pure mobile platform with cloud-based back. And we've got 12 months of, of development experience, but we don't have a huge legacy of, of client server and a huge legacy of, of web-based uh, interfaces that we have to deal with. So we've got a huge advantage over a lot of the uh, the tools that are out there. But really what we wanted to do is create something that's very natural, very simple, and yet is very effective at getting uh, from point A to point B and getting people so that they can focus their time on the creative piece of creation rather than the mechanical piece. Um, you know, for a typical adventure, I might spend 20 hours uh, putting together material. And if 10 of those are spent looking at monsters and tweaking them a little bit and adding in treasure and that kind of thing, that's 10 hours that I could have spent thinking of clever ways to kill people. And so you know, I think that if if we can get that down to a couple of hours and give me eight hours back of creative time, uh, that's a win. And around the game table, if we can g get out of the rules, look up, uh, get out of the uh, uh, the sort of bookkeeping that keeps uh, a lot of the games at a slow pace, 
and get back to actually role playing and get back to the, the story and the face to face. Even if we get only an hour back out of a six hour session, that's a huge amount of time over the course of, of many, many sessions. And I think it's something that people are going to respond to very positively. Oh yeah, I agree. And, and our conversation at Gen Con, we, we kind of got off on a tangent a little bit about community generated content. That, that's something that we talked briefly about. And at the time, obviously you were still in partnership with, with WOTC. So that really wasn't an option, but. It was clear that that was a possibility. I think you said there's no technical reason why that couldn't happen. Uh, one of the things that myself and my podcasting partner, Caleb, our plan for 2015 is we do want to write a module and our thought would be to kickstart it. That just seems to be the thing that everyone does these days. But, you know, I have limited resources and, and the programs you would need to correctly format that. So if I'm understanding you correctly, your program, which is based, is it called the Story Machine? The Story Machine is our software as a services publishing platform, yeah. And that's, right now, the Story Machine is what we use to take uh, adventures and publish them out to uh, to Morningstar. And the goal is to make, automate that process so that uh, from within the, um, within Morningstar, you can submit things through the, through the Story Machine and out to the public. So, you know, I'm probably asking this question in a very odd way, but but one of the things that intimidates me about the possibility of writing my own module would be just the formatting aspect of making sure that the maps are where they need to be in relation to the monster stat blocks. And and if your program works the way I think it does, I wouldn't necessarily need to worry about that. As long as it's all in there, once it's in there, I can access it as I need to. Correct. That's the whole idea. In fact, uh, you know, that's the hardest part about publishing uh, material like uh, Adventures. And we were obviously publishing all the the Watsi adventures, although some of the more older adventures was the, you know, the formatting styles for print are not well suited for uh, enhanced electronics publishing. And so we over the years have developed uh, uh, several parsing engines and other technologies that allow us to quickly take a PDF or uh, take a, uh, an EPUB file and make it something that is actually attractive on a uh, and useful on a tablet with all the the links and references and stuff. But if we're if you're creating your content uh, through the application, then all that formatting gets taken care of, and you've got uh, you're you're simply selecting headings, you're adding monsters through a menu. We know all the formatting is correct, and so it's going to look great when it comes out the the other side. We don't have to worry about you know kerning and all of the little nuances of uh, of um, end design or of, of PDF layouts that that uh, oftentimes plague uh, professional large scale publishing projects. Yeah, I think that that to me was one of the things that I was most interested in and excited about when we talked the first time. So while I'm certainly sad that the partnership with Watsi ended, I am excited about the possibilities that it opens up. Um, now, this actual episode won't come out for a few weeks, so can you give me an idea when we can get some hard and fast details about what's coming up or, or when when there will be some announcements? Yep, I can tell you all about it uh, right now. Fantastic, let's go. So uh, as we have alluded to on the uh, homepage, we are doing a Kickstarter. Speaking of Kickstarters, uh, yeah. the Kickstarter will launch December 5th which is next Friday. We've had professional video crews uh, up filming, getting us ready. I actually had to put makeup on. It was, uh, you know, uh, I've never had a makeup artist work on me before. I'm not sure that I want to have it done again, but it was an interesting process. And it it was fun. It was fun kind of going through that. Uh, We have uh, obviously been talking to publishers that are 
in the industry that we'd like to, to work with. We don't have anything to announce on that other than we're working with them. The Kickstarter will start on the 5th of December, run for 30 days, ending on January 4th. And, you know, you, you might say, well, why do you need a Kickstarter? You have investors. And, and that's actually a, a valid point. Um, obviously, the investors expected uh, revenue to start coming in from the, from the Watsi deal um, when we submitted it for review back in August. But all that said, uh, the investors are really most interested in finding out if we have community support. I'm not sure that they care about the money as much as they care about the fact that we're building a tool and we need to make sure that the tool that we're building is what people want. And so the Kickstarter is really around rallying the community and getting a good show of hands as to people who would like to have that this technology available, who are excited about what we're doing, and uh, we'll be moving forward from there. So the goals and the, 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 the sort of the pledge levels in the Kickstarter are really based around four profiles. Um, we have a bunch of pledge levels for adventurers. People who want to play, they're not interested in running any anything, they, but they want to customize their character. They want to have some cool uh, doodads, and they want to be able to get both uh, some physical product and some 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 digital product. So we've got a lot set up for the uh, adventurer types. We have the GM, who is really concerned with running pre-generated content or other fan content, not a creator, but a uh, a runner of, of, of adventures. And we have several levels set up specifically for them. Uh, also around things like, uh, I don't know if you've had this experience, but I've got ga- gaming groups where they're all pretty cheap. And uh, so I end up as a DM buying things for everybody to make sure that we have a good game night and that we have everything we need. So we've got some pledge levels uh, set up for uh, beneficent GMs who want to uh, buy copies of the uh, the product for their players so that everybody has something to play with. We also have a pledge level set up around the game creators, which are you know, very much uh, focused on the forge and on putting out content and getting things published. And then the, the fourth is really uh, something that we haven't seen a lot of folks address, and I don't know why, which is the game stores. The game stores are incredibly important to us, and we, we have an entire uh, program set up to support the game stores to make sure that they're in the revenue loop, make sure that they're in the loop for organized play and making sure that they, uh, they're motivated and uh, rewarded for, for participation. So there's some, uh, game store, uh, levels as well for the, for the pledges. So the, that's sort of the grouping of the pledge levels and they go all, all the way from the normal to the insane as always. And, uh, we have some fun stretch goals. I can't talk about those now, but, um, we're hoping to uh, iron those down in the next week and have those out on the Kickstarter as well. So all in all, it's a pretty exciting process, and we're, 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 we're stoked about uh, getting to move forward. And, and the Kickstarter is going to be used to replace the fifth edition rules, and the Kickstarter is going to be used to build out those Forge items and those library items that we weren't going to be able to do uh, under the, the Watsi arrangement that we can do now because, you know, it's, it's our, uh, our tool. So... Does that help? It does. Though I think my comment earlier about the secret cabal on Twitter, I'm, <laughs> I may have an idea, but I'll keep it to myself. Um, okay. So is there, uh, is there anything else that you would like the audience to know about uh, Codename Morningstar and future plans? Because I think you've answered most of my questions. Well, uh, yeah. I mean, I guess just a, a couple of wrap-up comments. Um, you know, for me, 
It's a it's a labor of love. I think for you, this is a labor of love, Michael. You you, you do this on a Saturday night, not because you're getting paid millions of dollars to do it, uh, but because it's what you really want to do. So I think that it's incredibly satisfying, gratifying to have the support of the community. And I, I'm hoping that uh, what we're doing with the community, while at times playful, while at times mysterious, is at least viewed as being honest and open. And uh, I hope that for the, the 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 folks out there who are saying, you know, these guys don't have the, the 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 staying power to get through this. You know, I've built a lot of software. We've got award-winning designer. We've got uh, people who have very deep video game roots. We have mobile developers who have uh, years of experience. And so, uh, you know, this is a project that is going to happen. And I have been playing D and D for 37 years. We're not going to stop now. Um, just because we've run into a little bump. So hopefully everybody's kind of taking the, taking all that to spirit and, uh, everybody is, uh, ex- excited. And when they see the Kickstarter, they'll, uh, they'll be telling their friends and getting in on the, uh, the ground floor. Cause I think honestly, between you and I, I, I really do believe that what we're doing is going to change role playing in a very fundamental way. And I'm, I'm hoping that, uh, everybody is excited to, to go along for the ride. Well, as I started off the interview, I'm a fan. I was a fan at Origins. I became more of a fan at Gen Con, and <laughs> I'm excited to see what happens. And again, I like the name, code name Morningstar, Morning, Morningstar better anyways. Uh, so <laughs> is that changing? Is it, Are you going to have another one, or are we going to stick with that? Well, um, so Dungeonscape was really you know, a, a name that, uh, that Watson came up with. Uh, they had a third edition book named uh, Dungeonscape, and they, they liked the name. And so... That was a very specific branding uh, that we were doing with them. And it didn't seem really appropriate to move forward with that. And Morningstar was, uh, the story of Morningstar is, is uh, very casual of, hey, we need a really cool name for the project. And so someone said, let's look up a project name generator. I think the original name they we, we typed in was oh, something really cool platinum or something like that. Uh, Rachel and Evan would remember the exact name. It's like, nah, that's 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 too funky. And so uh, Evan just said, let's call it Morningstar. And so we called it Morningstar. And it has kind of stuck. Um, we do have a branding exercise coming up, a naming exercise for uh, the tool. So Morningstar isn't an assured name, um, but it will be on the list of, of names that we discuss. And you know, we really want something that's, that describes your product, but also is extensible to uh, multiple systems in case we uh, end up going with um, more than one system with more than one application. Sure. So we'll see. Um, it's a it's a creative process. It's actually interesting naming. We we went through a number of weeks of naming for uh, for the product so far. So uh, the team is pretty used to that. But we'll see what that comes up. And you're not the first person to say they like Morningstar. Um, so you never know. Yeah, there's, there's something about it that just uh, just seems to fit. But uh, again, you have other things to do. I appreciate your time on this holiday weekend. So, Chris, it's been a pleasure. I said I look forward to, uh, I'll definitely be checking out the Kickstarter when it launches. Great. I appreciate the time, the effort, and uh, I'm happy to come back and chat at any time. Oh, fantastic. Okay, Michael. Thank you very much. Have a good night, sir. Thanks for attending the RPG Academy and listening to our podcast. We do this out of love for the hobby and for you, our fans. This podcast and site content will always be free for you to enjoy and utilize. But we do have expenses related to the show. If you'd like to help out in any way, please visit patreon.com slash the RPG Academy 
and check out the rewards we are providing for your monthly pledges. We will use all funds that come in to improve the show and give you better content and quality. And if you don't have the coin to spend, don't worry. You can still help us out numerous ways. One, you can subscribe to our show on iTunes, or you can leave us a five-star review on iTunes or on Stitcher Radio. Also, if you clear your cookies and then visit Amazon or drive through RPG through our portal, we get a kickback from your orders, and it doesn't cost you anything extra. Just like an RPG, our site works best with open lines of communication. We love talking with our listeners about everything. Please contact us with any questions, concerns, and comments you have. We also love to hear feedback and experiences from your own games. You can email us via podcast at vrpgacademy.com, or you can reach us on social media such as Facebook and Google+. We are there under the RPG Academy. But Twitter is usually the fastest way to reach us. You can find my favorite co-host, Caleb G, at the Caleb G. And you can find my favorite co-host, Michael, at the RPG Academy. Thanks for listening. And as always, if you're having fun, you're doing it right. <laughs>